Hello, Internet. I'm Matt, and I own most of the adjectivalist run of Spider-Man. And I'm Shannon from Down the Webline. You're listening to the Untold Talks of Spider-Man, where we'll be unearthing deep cuts and forgotten stories from Spider-Man lore. Our goal is to find these lost gems and share them with you as we discover what it truly means to be a Spider-Man story. All right, we're continuing and in a lot of ways finalizing our bromance of two Batmans kissing with webs arc with perceptions. This (laughs) is from the vaunted talk. McFarlane run. you know the difference between good and evil as you race around trying to put food on the table or pass your exams or make love are you confident that you could distinguish the forces of light from the forces of evil i'm todd mcfarland creator of spawn and to me there's nothing nothing out there in life that is all black or all white good always has a germ of evil inside it and evil just a touch of good take spawn an assassin in life Hell's own soldier and death, not exactly Boy Scout material. But if you consider he made his choices for love, the love of his country and the love of his wife, well, you begin to see he's a little like you and me. Just another poor schmo walking on razor's edge, all hell pushing one way and heaven pushing the other, and him stuck in the middle trying not to get cut. He was writing, penciling, inking, Gregory Wright was coloring, Rick Parker was lettering, and what a time. Where can you find these, Shannon? Well, the physical issues, they aren't cheap, but they're about, and you can find them wherever. Uh, You can also find it in trade. Uh, The hardcover is about $30. And you can find it on Comixology for $8 in a graphic novel format, and also on Marvel Unlimited in a lonely Canadian town. A murdered child is found in the clutches of a Wendigo, sparking an international media frenzy. On tap for the Daily Bugle, Peter Parker heads there, where he meets up with Wolverine, and together, they strive to solve the mystery and catch the Before beast. I go any further in this one, I'm going to put up a little content warning for people. We're not going to dive into the dark stuff, but two capital crimes are committed uh, via children in this story, and if that's the sort of thing you don't want to be going down for, uh, we completely understand. But also, this is... It's only handled in the way, like, Law & Order would handle it. You know, like, the crime is committed, but they don't really delve too much on showing it or you know going into detail yeah things are in shadow sort of thing off screen yeah or off panel so and for that um to me this was interesting because todd mcfarlane image uh this very much felt like an image comic in other ways but it also really felt to me like a vertigo comic like we have the perceptions and it's very much in like a it's styled very much like a constantine or sandman or one of those like more you know like dark story kind of vertigo things where it's five issues but it's it's held up in this kind of literary way i guess and that hit me as odd we don't get that sort of Thing much in spider-man yeah a lot of internal dialogues between characters them talking to themselves over panels and panels right yeah so poof um 
so pretty quickly we get that children have gone missing and it's the death of one David Newsell that makes it into this media storm uh, even though he's not the first kid who went missing and here we get a push of the media through newspaper headlines primarily which i thought was interesting because normally when mcfarlane does media stuff which he does in like every comic he's ever done it's talking heads on tv very frank miller but this one is all papers and i i just thought that was an interesting touch i don't know did you have any thoughts on it being the actual papers well yeah it's it's the papers but it's also it's not like tv or anything like that it's strictly the newspapers strictly like reporters who write columns and so all the big headlines and maybe it's more punchy that way because on tv it's like a a talking head like you were saying but here you see like these uh headlines just being plastered from all these different locations and as the sort of media frenzy grows and becomes you know beyond like British Columbia and goes to all of Canada, then America, you start seeing more headlines from more big papers, sort of to show the the flow outward. Mm-hmm. And uh, sorry, I, I didn't mention David Newsel, the kids going missing. They're in Hope, Canada, which is in British Columbia. So it's, it's up north. This isn't happening in New York. But yeah, it opens with, with a reporter who happened to be there uh, because there were environmental protests concerning logging and she's the one that discovers the wendigo uh holding a body of a child and it wrecks her car since she almost hit it and then disappears into the forest and she finds the body and so thus this is where it all begins with this reporter who happened to be there and then the reports go out right and so that's kind of our prologue and then we get introduced to spider-man holding this a uh, criminal over a dumpster. I kind of a hard transition. What did you think of this little like moment of Spider-Man, the only New York Spider-Man moment we have in the story? You know, it you know, he's being like our our scary spider that I think we enjoy every once in a while, um where he's intimidating someone. And you don't realize that he's over a dumpster until he drops him into the dumpster. So, for a moment you kind of have this tension of uh what is Spider-Man doing? Why is he torturing this person who robs someone but won't confess? So it's very Batman-esque. And then the webbing dissolves and the guy falls into a dumpster. So you've been doing this to this poor guy for like an hour. So it seems a little extra for Spider-Man, but a little bit of a practical joke on top of it too. Yeah, he refers to it as like filth and filth, which to me just felt very not of the character. I don't know, is it? Like you're saying, it's a bit more hardline. It doesn't really fit with my understanding, but maybe it was that 90s hard on crime mentality that was just bleeding through. Yeah, I think that's where it comes. And also, I think if he was too light, the story is already dark. So to have him be too affable, I think they need to start with him being a bit harder. Otherwise, it would be too harsh of a transition. One thing I do like about this issue a fair amount is that Peter's called to cover this case because he's a photojournalist and he has to go do his job. I, I just like that. Yes. And begrudgingly do his job. At first he was like, yay, money. But then he gets on the plane and he's going to Canada and he doesn't really want to go. But, you know, he has to do his job. 
I, I was looking into because I was wondering because McFarlane makes a point to point out that it's Hope, British Columbia, Canada. And I was thinking, okay, why here? You know, if you're flying Spider-Man out of New York, why, why are we going here? It seems like an odd choice. So I did a little digging. The first thing I found is that this uh, town is known for uh, being a place where First Blood Rambo was filmed. And there's this bridge that had a monument that has been erected so john rambo is a big deal here the the second more pertinent thing i found oh was that there's this case of michael dunahy who was this child who was who disappeared they they don't really have any details to this day and he um he was lost in this town months before this comic was published. So his disappearance and the media frenzy around it was kind of a big deal because, you know, children have gone missing before, but this one was a bit of a media darling. And so that was clearly influencing Todd McFarlane on this comic going forward. The similarities about and there, because there's really no details on this um, Michael Dunahy case, and uh, David Newsel, who's the kid in the comic, uh, was presumed to be eaten by a Wendigo. We find out that isn't the case, but yeah. But I, I just wanted to mention that there was some reason why this went darker, and there was some, some connection for it. <laughs> yeah, why Canada? That's why. Yeah. Um, in the first issue, as you mentioned with the reporter, there's kind of this tone around the way the story is told that there's kind of a judgment on the reporter for making this such a big story that could be causing a problem that's keeping them from the truth, which I thought was interesting. And as we move into the second issue, I feel like that tone is lost, which was odd yeah there's a little bit of inconsistency in the portrayal of the media are they good or are they bad here you know are they a distraction are they a a force like they should be that exposes the truth so he kind of mixes moves in between those two um which i suppose that does represent the media in some cases yeah it's just kind of all over the map here and uh we, we open the second issue on understanding where wolverine comes in on this story where he's a protector of the animals that are being hunted in mass in this story like apparently like hundreds of animals have been killed which seems crazy to me that it's that high but they're they're a little inconsistent because sometimes he says hundreds sometimes he says a hundred so over the course of the story we'll, we'll call it yeah. a large number even a hundred's a lot of that's a lot <laughs> yeah especially assuming that they're killing predators because i'm assuming they're not killing deer and counting that with the, um... like all the bears actually they probably killed a couple wolverines and he's got a beef with that for sure sure the the natural defender of wolverines in the marvel <laughs> universe And then we break up the action with something that I think is supposed to be comedic. The reporter that Peter gets brought in with is putting ketchup on donuts. And I thought it was a bagel until they said, I was like, I hope it's not. I hope that's a bagel because at least a bagel would make sense. Would it? It's kind of like something but a donut i've never even is that a canadian thing i don't i don't think so i think also this guy's on canadian so that wouldn't make sense anyways it's just a weird thing that takes pages (laughs) it does anyway 
So Peter is still, you know, two kids have been discovered. And it's interesting that Peter has like zero interest. He really just wants to go home. I can't tell. Is it boredom? Is oh. it... Just I don't think sickness. he wants to be doing it because I mean, this isn't the sort of crime that he can really help with. And like, he doesn't want to be there. It's not his home. He wants to get back to doing what he does. So, but yeah. still, like, for me, I find this to be out of character because I would figure he'd at least want to find who was responsible. That he'd want to get to the bottom of, you know, who's killing these kids, whether it's a beast. And, and stop the beast or if it was a person and for him to have no interest in that just seems not right to me for him i mean i agree that would be off i yeah i, I you're kind of right it's just he gets invested pretty quick um from the ketchup scene right to when he runs into this one local who's saying it's these rambo types that are causing problems and that's why i mentioned the rambo fact earlier because it was mentioned in the story and it was it, it was bold letters so i figured uh todd was making a very apt connection for those who would want to get it and then immediately Pete's in the red and blues and off to save the day. I don't even know why he brought his costume. I can understand bringing his his web spinning equipment or whatever. <laughs> but the costume, like he equipment. can't... <laughs> I believe they're called web shooters. Miss down the web line. <laughs> his web spinning equipment. Because it might include the belt. Whatever. Uh, but why the costume? Because he literally can't be seen. He's like, it makes it clear throughout the, uh, the, the story that everything he has to do, he has to do it in shadow. So I don't... Move in shadow, stay in silence. He, yes, but he has a long vaunted tradition of taking his spider suit on any vacation he goes on. He brought it to Scotland. He brought it to, you know, otherwise Europe. He, you know, brings it when he goes to Colorado. He's, he just always has this on him. That, that's just how he's wired. Well, we know why he loses his identity later. Okay. So. <laughs> Uh, he makes his way over to the police department um, mm. and is up to trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, he he lands in the middle of this conversation between the journalist who broke the story and the police chief, you know, talking about this. And the police chief, I don't know how Todd McFarlane is trying to p portray the police chief here. Because he's saying, like, you know, I'm stuck in the middle of it. Anything I do is a problem. Not. But I mean, this guy is also drawn like a... a, a poop monster i don't know <laughs> looks well, horrifying well I, i'm gonna say it todd mcfarland has a certain style and people do not look attractive most of the time so they're like he's just a little extra that way but i, I would say no different than the townsperson that peter was just talking to either i guess i this one hit me as more horrifying for whatever the reason i uh he's chubby I, there's chubby and then there's just whatever this is <laughs> <laughs> bushy eyebrows yeah um i don't know it's kind of funny that there's all this i, I think it's literally because he had to have pages of it being spider-man in a spider-man comic but we pretty quickly to pete um meeting up with this reporter being on the sly that he, he doesn't know what he knows so he kind of asks so he has a reason to dig more with her on the subject and we move forward yeah uh, but all right so the police chief who is pretty grotesque uh he seems to he's calling around he's trying to to get people to catch the beast and it seems like it's a little not on the up and up because it's precipitated by the reporter showing up and finding inconsistencies in how the police are handling the cases right 
So the tension builds and we get the back half and then the first half of the next issue with hunters going after the Wendigo and Wolverine trying to save the hunters from Wendigo, which is, I, that fe- that feels like a bigger moment for Wolverine than anything Spider-Man here. Yeah, it's actually, I think at this point is where we transition into it being a, a stronger Wolverine story. So mm. we had a pretty strong Spider-Man story up to this point, and then now it becomes more of a Wolverine story as Wolverine tries to, since it, with his knowledge of nature and, and beasts, tries to sort of put the war between the Wendigo and the hunters and the people of the town to bed while also figuring out what the mystery is and who's really responsible. Mm-hmm. So the Wendigo gets shot in the stomach by the hunter uh, and starts to trash everybody. He's not quite killing anyone yet, but he's definitely uh, giving them a hard time until there's only one guy left. And then Wolverine has to essentially run interference. Right. And in doing so, his poor costume gets destroyed. I know. And I, I'm going to say, I love the brown and gold one way better than the blue one. So it made me sad that he just was like, whoop. That guy looks good no matter what he puts on. Uh, <laughs> his long little ears. <laughs> we have a bit of an interlude with Felix Boxers. And then... We do. <laughs> And then Peter's just in the crowd again, and Logan pops up behind him, and he's like, Hey, Spider-Man, I need her <laughs> In the shadows, and he's like, still doesn't know who it is. Like, he just like, I'll just give him a heads up and tell him where to go, but I won't let him know that it's me. I just want him to guess and be worried. Right. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> and... Which is funny, because the minute Spider-Man pops down after making all this ruckus, Wolverine meets up with him, like you said, in the yellow and blues, and says, real mature school boy. And then, like, do you ever shut up? Like, It's just like, <laughs> you you jibber-jabbered a lot at him when you met in the alley, but now that you're here, you're on his case for talking. I... Yeah, he, he pretty much rides his butt the whole time after this point. <laughs> and what I don't understand is Wolverine's acting like, you know, the big kid on campus who knows everything and he just needs Spider-Man help or whatever if he's the junior guy. Like, Spider-Man at this point is more than a seasoned character. Like, this just felt weird to me. Uh, well, he makes that po- yeah, well, he makes that point. He's like, you know, don't talk to me like I'm a kid. I've been doing this a long time. I could tell that you weren't a foe by my own <laughs> senses, so so, yeah, I came in and made a splash. Why are you giving me a hard time? Yeah. Wolverine then proceeds to give him a hard time. So it makes no difference. It just doesn't It doesn't make any sense. Wolverine deals with people like Spider-Man all the time. He likes Nightcrawler. He likes Jubilee. What, what's it about Peter that's writing? <laughs> he doesn't know <laughs> if he's a threat or a menace. <laughs> Down Daily Bugle. J. Jonah Jameson and his editorials. Also, Wolverine smoking the tiniest little cigarette. He is. He is. And he's like, I can smell all this stuff, but he's smoking. And I'm like, how How are you doing? Your nose has got just cigarette in it all the time. Because that cigarette is like the size of a toothpick. I... <laughs> it is. And it's also very sad. It's like, like, like he had like had it in his, in his spandex and it got all like crushed and then he put it in his mouth and it's all like Whoop. well maybe he rolls his own so if you crush it it's not a big deal and he just <laughs> so i guess he seems like the type that would roll his own i have to say he's not out there buying it he's like those prices no thank you you know maybe it's not tobacco either uh... 
well, if it's not that he needs it. All yeah, right. it's medicinal. Uh, <laughs> new headcanon. <laughs> All right, so they decide to work together. Yay. Yeah, they decide to work together. I think the bigger thing here is that Spider-Man's put on the path because he hears it from Wolverine, who he trusts, despite Wolverine not really trusting him, that it's, um, you know, it's man who did this, not the beasts. And basically the next issue, he runs around with the people in town that he's dealing with on this, trying to convey that idea, and everyone gets mad at him. And I feel rightfully so, because he doesn't have any evidence or like sound reason he's just like trust me it's not the thing that we all believe because that seems to be the most sensical thing so far so as much as i can appreciate him being spider-man doing the right thing based on a little knowledge because he's able to work through with information people don't normally have as a photojournalist or whatever he's doing a pretty bad job well i mean like wolverine kind of gives him an ultimatum he says i'll give you this much time go convince everybody it gives him nothing to work with except for i guess parker charm and that (laughs) did not get him far so yeah first he goes to uh anna the reporter and she's like uh i'd like to believe that but my we get back to like the problems with journalism and that she's gonna make her career writing a column about the wendigo so to have it not be the wendigo was not something she was willing to take without actual evidence which I mean, I understand what they're trying to say here, but to me, it's like, okay, she has a little weight on it, but she's completely right to not take it without any evidence. Everything leading thus far has led to a certain conclusion, if you want to have a completely different conclusion, which is basically what, what, um, I'm sorry, I forgot the name of the guy from the Daily Bugle, who I don't think is seen or heard from again after this story. Melvin? I think it's Melvin. Melvin? Is he in anything else? I've never... Yeah, I don't think so. He's in this. That's it. He basically says the same thing, though, in a softer way. Like, you know, he basically says, everything is in column A. You're telling me to go to column B. I need I need a why. I need a reason. I can't just take it on your say-so because you're just the photographer. Which is, he's not even really putting Peter down. He's saying, like, I'm willing to listen to you if you have anything to actually share other than a hunch. Which is, that's that's what journalism's supposed to be like you track your hunches because there's a reason for it and you find evidence i mean it's not police work necessarily but i'm with the people here like peter is not giving them anything to work with yeah oh well he's i feel like he's saying it in the way that he would say like if he was spider-man he came to someone to say hey this is what it is and based on that people would believe him just because of his experience and what he's involved in Mm -hmm. but just as peter parker the photographer like I think he's getting frustrated because people aren't listening to him but he doesn't realize the clout that he has as two different personas yeah that's an interesting way of looking at it I, I also think yeah the experience of him normally because normally it's Peter Parker he is just taking photos he's not even really Peter Parker taking the photos it's just the camera snapping shots while he's doing the Spider-Man stuff so like he's really kind of out of his depth here for something that he should be more apt with yeah I, yeah it was a weird issue to read because like morally i think it's trying to say a few things but i'm just reading it like no this lines up these people are more or less right they may not be you know moral orals themselves but they they're looking for sound reasoning that's yeah if he came to me out and was like hey 
it's it's a person, not a Wendigo or not a beast that you've physically seen carrying the child of a kid. Oh, I mean, a child of a kid carrying a child. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. And then we get to the fifth issue, which I just feel like we should move on unless you have anything else about the fourth issue because it's really a placeholder. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, we have sort of build up with the the police side of it, so they're getting ready to go back out and. You know, with the Wendigo having beaten up a few, the last posse, they're putting together another posse to finish it off. And now we have Wolverine with the Wendigo helping it get back to fighting shape and making friends with it. And the Wendigo apparently can only say its name. It's like a Pokemon. Just it's a like giant. a Pokemon that like almost killed him once. It's weird to me that he's so friendly by the Wendigo of all things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, the other thing I want to note real quick is as the story's moved on, it said like, you know, five days, ten days. It marks time in a way that a lot of Marvel stories just don't, which I think gives it a little more weight as well. It does. Um, but yeah, as they meet, um, Wolverine's literally seeing him red. His eyes are just red, as are the Wendigos, so... I guess making uh, Spider-Man go, okay, you're serious, I got it, got it. Yeah. And as the Wendigo gets madder, its nose disappears. <laughs> under all that hair yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah uh so there's this big splash and wolverine's put on babysitting duty for the wendigo as wolverine finally goes into town to deal with people i would like to say like the whole bit because wolverine gets a bit rough with spider-man a whole bit yeah and all i can think of is spider-man could just toss him over the tree line with barely any effort so it's almost as if peter's <laughs> just letting him have his bit because it's easier to just let him have it than to just toss him over the tree line. Can he? Isn't Wolverine like 400 pounds? I feel like that's less than a BW bug. Surely toss that over the tree line. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, fair. <laughs> so, yeah, poor Peter's left babysitting the Wendigo um, while Wolverine follows his nose like a certain toucan back to the town. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just like that. Um. <sighs> he's dressed in plain clothes, though. He didn't go in there with his, his little blue and gold outfit. So. Oh, he's not dressed in plain clothes. He's dressed as a Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, I guess, you know, that's what he is technically, even though he's been an American non-citizen for... No, he gets his citizenship. That's the plot point. Um okay for I, I mean i don't know how long it would be technically but from our view decades now <laughs> yes but uh and then the reporter i guess maybe peter ruffled her a little bit you know the sort of fantastic nature of the wendigo compared to a more banal story is just people being evil and so she hasn't the nerve to write the story yet mm-hmm that is something that comes up a few times. The idea that, you know, the fact that it's a beast eating these kids, you know, makes it headline news. But if it's just, you know, some guy killing kids, nobody would even care, which is, you know, a fun little theme to throw in your store. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, so Wolverine finds the person, um, then heads back and uh, they Find make Spider a game Spider-Man playing this little piggy with the wendigo yeah they look like they're having like thumb wars or something like, he's playing with his toes this little piggy <laughs> oh that's adorable i didn't even realize okay um yeah which <laughs> <laughs> you're saying earlier about the tone with him being too whatever i feel like this hits that <laughs> yes so 
So what the yeah, the second um, posse that the cop uh, has sent out is on uh, on their way, including the cop and the was it the tracker that they had found that can mm-hmm. find the Wendigo fairly easily. So Wolverine and Spider-Man split up. Spider-Man taking part of the posse while Wolverine handles essentially uh, the leadership and mm-hmm. and all of that to protect the Wendigo. Right. So. I don't know how much we want to go through the the final bit here, but it was really. Is it the tracker? That's this guy with the the hair. <laughs> The, the the orange bearded man is the tracker, yes. but yeah. he's he's the witness. So Wolverine plays that as if he's the guy to lure the the cop in, and then knocks the tracker out. Like looks like he did, but then forces the cop to confess to his own crime, which is he's a murderer. But we also find out that the tracker was. So the cop and the tracker had a relationship. The tracker was <laughs> being uncomfortable with the young boys, and then the cop would kill them to cover it up. And <laughs> it's an odd relationship because I'm trying to figure out who's benefiting here. Right. Um, so it, it's weird too because Wolverine says, "Funny, no one noticed the victims were all young boys. Everybody knew that." Yeah, like, I, I don't think it was that. It's just no one thought anything was happening, though. W- what cues Wolverine into the fact that it's man initially was the fact that one of the kids had their clothes off and then the rest had their kids on. He said, like, animals aren't inconsistent. You know, humans are. And this was why. And <laughs> I feel like they could have just stuck with I smell person on the bodies and I traced it back to these people who shouldn't have their scent associated with him and called it good but Mm. there is an illusion later that there are more bodies that they haven't quite gotten to but um we have a sort of just desserts thing that happens so the the cop runs off and as he's running away trying to escape uh vengeance or justice really Mm -hmm. uh one of the hunters that had been killing animals looking for the Wendigo sees him moving through the trees and takes a shot at him and kills him. Right. Which I guess is supposed to be sound, but it just doesn't, I don't know, even for like the dark vengeance thing, it doesn't fit. But then we get Spider-Man, you know, being upset that, you know, all these people were dead and nothing and then yada yada. And then next time Spider-Man's back in black. (laughs) So yeah, he disagrees with how Wolverine handled it. But yeah. And I do like the last little bit, Wolverine, Punisher, Ghost Rider. They're starting to make me as sick as the villains, you know, which is scarier. And I, I like that idea of going up against the anti-hero, but when the the deed is this dirty, I don't know. I, <laughs> once you throw child molestation into the mix saying, like, Wolverine is just as bad as them, like, ah, that doesn't track for me. You know, that's going to hit other people differently. I, You know, and also... So, you know, what's worse doesn't matter. What's worse at that point? I don't think so. It's just, it's just grim and grisly. And then, like you said, we don't get into the benefit or the why all these characters are wrapped up into it very clearly. And it's just kind of, I I think this is where the story really does kind of fall apart because it's all this stuff you don't really want to touch. And 
for why you know what's it trying to really say i personally if i were him i would be less angry with how one of these guys met their end than with the fact that he had no input on the plan he was told to follow orders he wasn't given any certainly and when he objected to anything it was always met with threats physical threats and i would be more frustrated with that if i were him yeah that's fair i and and you know for a character that a few pages we saw a few pages ago we saw playing you know this little piggy with the windigo to be like this sullen and dark it's like it's kind of total whiplash a little bit it is i just don't see what wolverine did that was really any different than what peter was doing in the very beginning of the story threatening the person over the dumpster with falling to injury i mean the guy didn't die that's the the key difference there but the hunter he had no control over the hunter shooting him so I, I, th- I think it's framed and here's my, here's my problem with that is to him saying the Wolverine's just as bad as that I think it's framed saying like Wolverine set it up so that he would be shot you know the way that any of these animals would be shot because Wolverine was more worried about the animals and so for from Wolverine's point of view that's just desserts or Wolverine's perception Ooh, and I think the <laughs> idea is that this is kind of a muddled ending because it's supposed to make you consider your perceptions about the case and whatnot but it's there's no um there's there's a lot of weird assumptions going on and i feel like we need clear character motivations and then we can reflect on how we feel about that because we're so unclear about the characters in the story and where they're coming from where they feel it's not like we're getting conflicting arguments we're just kind of left with a big question mark and i think that's the difference between this versus a um kind of similar black mirror episode that's coming to mind Mm, yeah i think well endings are hard i'll say that so (laughs) tying it all together sometimes it just ends so i think that might have been happening here i agree i feel like when a story goes to this kind of subject matter though you need to have something that you're saying and if you don't have that it's never going to come together and that's something i would take to criticize most every todd mcfarland story ever yeah cool so i looked into this story before and i just wanted to note that in general this gets middling readings but there's actually a really good take by a certain mark Ginocchio on the amazing spider talk that's come before that helped get me some get me to the point where i was finding some of these notes and checking out a few things so we'll link that in the show notes so you guys can read that from is taken 2016 Mm. (laughs) yeah all right so with all that said where would you place this on the old web o rankings Ooh. okay let's see um i like that we have another windigo story at 19 but we're going past that that was a fun one that yeah that tied in around the time of uh the big daredevil frank miller story and mm-hmm. that windigo is a completely different windigo um i would say that story was stronger than this one for sure oh by far i enjoyed it um i would place it after 45 45 which is death waits in the light master's lair which was very early spectacular which I like that one more than this one. Um, but I'd say I like this more than the Spider-Man 2099 crossover. <laughs> All right. 
which is right under it. So this will be our new 46. So I have to say that there's a lot of like sensory stuff with Wolverine stories. You know, this one being called Perceptions mm-hmm. and the one from last week was Sense and Senses. Yeah. So very thing, big theme with him. It, the nose is his thing. It's his it most is. important appendage. He needs to go on a cereal box. <laughs> Fruity Wolverines. I don't yes. think that's gonna <laughs> I think that's gonna work. <laughs> so Next time, we're going to be covering Spider-Man v. Wolverine, the one you're thinking of. But that's a told talk of Spider-Man, so if you want to listen in, you're going to have to find yourself on that Patreon, which you can get in at various levels for various rewards at the top tier being exclusive art that you might want to check out. Um, But after that, what are we doing? (laughs) After that, we're doing a... uh, special with uh the amazing spider girl and we're gonna have a special guest and then we'll be moving into our next arc are you excited for that shannon i am super excited it's uh all about the stories from other perspectives looking at spider-man so from the outside looking in at the spider-man character so you could say others perceptions Ooh. Clever. Cool. So, thanks the Ellie Badge for for that theme song there. Good job. <laughs> you got this. Yeah. <laughs> and until Shannon starts putting ketchup on her donuts, make mine untold. Yum yum. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> killers should be killed and if we killed them do we add to or reduce the evil in this world i'm todd mcfarland creator of spawn can you answer the question i've just asked